This has been a tough situation, and I understand you wanted answers. It was important that we took all the necessary steps before sharing more. I hope you can understand that I may not be able to answer everything today, but I am going to be as open and honest as I can be given the situation and out of respect for those involved. All right, Tuesday night on the fan pregame, Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590 fan, Alish Forfar, Justin Cuthbert, busy night on the network tonight. You got Raptors and the Nets later on. That's on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1 at 7.30. Leafs are back home to face the Panthers. We'll have that on Sportsnet 590, the fan at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to get into our own pregame show around 6.30 with Luke Fox joining us from Scotiabank Arena. We'll get into the important news of the day with Corey Perry and Frank Saravelli in just a few minutes. The NBA tournament round one wraps up tonight, so we're going to outline the scenarios. We'll try to... The uh, best we can. The we'll best we can. It's a little difficult, but we'll get We'll there. try to get through all that to let you know which teams need to do what to move forward. Uh, but we will play one more clip from Kyle Davidson, who spoke about 30 minutes ago. I know Kipper and Bourne uh, had some of it on their show, but here's a main takeaway from the press conference about Corey Perry's dismissal from the team. I want to start off by reiterating the organization is committed to a culture of accountability and upholding our values across our employees and players both on and off the ice. Last week, management was notified of possible misconduct by Corey Perry. We immediately pulled him from the game and conducted an internal investigation. Upon learning the uh, findings of the investigation, we made the decision to terminate his contract. As this is an individual personnel matter, I will not be, be able to disclose any details related to the initial reporting, investigation, or the findings. However, I do want to be very clear on this one point. This does not involve any players or their families, and anything that suggests otherwise, or anyone that suggests otherwise, is wildly inaccurate, and frankly, it's disgusting. All right, well said. Uh, let's bring in Frank Saravelli of dailyfaceoff.com. Frank, thanks for coming on. Good to see you. Um, we'll start with the, the big news. So obviously there's a lot of things we don't know, but what we do know is that this is a non-criminal situation. The players and the families are not involved in it, and the players personally do not know this incident that occurred. I think that that's probably my main three takeaways from what Kyle Davidson had to say. Did I miss anything, or is that what you're getting as well? No, I think you hit it right on the head, Ailish. And I would say the fact that the Blackhawks revealed today that it's a workplace issue, um, you know, wherever that may take you and wherever that may take us on the reporting process moving forward, I think it at least clears the air, as you guys mentioned, of the disgusting rumor that was going around on social media the last 24 to 48 hours. And I think it leaves us with a lot of questions still about why a player that was potentially on a Hall of Fame track that has a good reputation and is typically really well-liked by teammates that was having a great year is now out of a job today. But I think what we can say clearly and definitively is that the Chicago Blackhawks took this matter very seriously from Jump Street and it appears, at least while people continue to hammer this team on social media for their lack of transparency, and I put in parentheses, there's a million lawyers involved here. They took the appropriate steps the minute that they learned of the allegations. They went through the investigation process, and now the player has his contract will likely be terminated on Wednesday. What more do you want from them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, pulled from the game uh, is an interesting tidbit. Uh, clearly, uh, in under a week of learning of this, Corey Perry, as you mentioned, maybe a future Hall of Famer or was on that track. 
uh, no longer with the organization. You did say, though, there that there are still questions, and that's because those questions couldn't be answered due to the legal process here that I guess is ongoing, although it's not a legal matter, but I, I suppose just in terms of the workplace. I, I just feel like, you know, there's still questions, which means there's still going to be rampant speculation about what happened. So I guess my question is, like, how important is it that the news does get out, Frank, or whatever did happen does get out so that the court of public opinion can just stop pushing the rumors and the and the speculation around what we've been told did not happen and we should believe did not happen but people are still talking about unfortunately yeah i mean i don't i don't know how to answer that i mean is it important i think we'd all like clarity i think we'd all like to say this is what cory perry is facing um and here's the process of how it's going to play out from here I don't have those answers today. I've heard lots of theories. I've heard lots of innuendo, not related to what we've seen on social media. None that I feel personally comfortable yet from a reporting perspective putting out there. And when you go through this process, something that hasn't played out quite clearly in a court of law, you could potentially be making pretty damaging allegations that may or may not have any validity to them that I think is the whole reason why we're in this mess to begin with. Because the Blackhawks kind of were in a position legally that they couldn't say anything publicly and are bound by some sort of, um, you know, idea that there's an NHL players association standing by ready to defend their player. You better have everything, you know, sort of knotted up and, and in a spot where you have all of your ducks in a row, because, you know, that's the other end of this is you're dealing with a player who has a long track record, who's well-respected that has now lost his job, a pretty serious, step forward so you better have the goods and quite clearly the blackhawks and then in return the nhl feel like they're in pretty good standing to be able to terminate a contract the fact that they acted so swiftly and then today's press conference you could tell kyle davison and he mentioned it was weighing on him quite a lot i think that it shows the standard that they're trying to at least set and they mentioned that um saying that they want to hold this culture of accountability uphold their values across players but i wonder if they they could have done half of this a couple of days ago instead of having all those social media rumors that did come out of nowhere um, to make sure to say that this involved no players and no family members. If we're looking, you know, hindsight is, is twenty twenty. Could this have been avoided if they had given that piece of clarity four days ago? Yeah, I think to just say, you know, 20% more than what they did mm -hmm. in their initial statement might have gone a long way because you had started to hear those rumors and things, people making stuff up on social, you know, a few days before. And it's like, geez, I wish they could mm -hmm. just give a, a morsel more of information to be able to put something like that to rest so that it doesn't get any legs. And instead, unfortunately, you've now got the future of your franchise, an 18-year-old kid who is just trying to find his way in this league and his entire family embroiled and wrapped up into this situation that is a mess. It's ugly. There's no two ways about it. And you've also got a player in Corey Perry who, uh, again, not defending, no sympathy, but his career in the meantime has sort of been burnt to a crisp this week. And that part is tough that I'm sure the Blackhawks are wrestling with. It's not just the idea that Kyle Davidson as manager who's trying to change the culture of this team placed a bet on Corey Perry to be one of those guys that could come in and be a leader for Connor Bedard, be a guy that not only would provide offense and proper support in the lineup, but be one of those guiding voices and lights for Connor Bedard off the ice. 
now you're in a spot where obviously as as he mentioned that didn't line up with the intel that they had received when they made the decision to go forward and bring Corey Perry into their franchise and it just the whole every bit of it is is not a good look yeah, it's multi-layered, right? I mean, I, I, and I guess that's probably why there was emotion. It was pretty stunning to see the emotion uh, come through uh, from Kyle Davidson. But yeah, we're talking about, you know, uh, the future face of the franchise involved in whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. just because of what happened on social media, we got He's maybe shrapnel. a future. is shrapnel. And, and you and you can't really do anything about it. And it, and they're tied in this position. And it just feels like a, a, a spot where Kyle David, Davidson could not win but I give them credit for what we saw today because it couldn't have been easy. And, and I think they did what they could have done at least today. And to his credit, I think some of that news was leaking before 24 hours before maybe, and maybe it should have been 48. I guess that's quibbling a bit, uh, but this is a really difficult situation and uh, the storyline uh, will be furthered uh, as we go here. Uh, also in the NHL today, Patrick Kane signed with the Detroit Red, Wing- Red Wings. Uh, Frank, why the Red Wings? Alex Debrinkit is a good one. The fact that Detroit is pretty close to Chicago where uh, Patrick Kane has made his home, where he built a beautiful, stunning place out in the suburbs there where uh, he can play in the Eastern Conference. And I think when you are courted by a general manager and Steve Eiserman who has the credentials that he does and you see this team in a playoff spot, it kind of becomes a little bit intoxicating, I'm sure, even for one of the very best American-born forwards of all time already in Patrick Kane, a top-five player of his generation who's accomplished just about everything that you possibly could at the NHL level. When you're rehabbing off of a major hip resurfacing surgery and Steve Eiserman of all people, is the only GM that decides to get on a plane to come and see you and meet you face-to-face, that means a lot, I think. And so that went a long way. And plus the idea of actually playing with DeBrinket, who is one of his very closest buddies throughout his entire career. Yes, there's a big age ba- gap between Kane and DeBrinket, but of the list of players that he's played with that he was really close with off the ice, DeBrinket is certainly right toward the top of that list. And not only that, but their chemistry on the ice was quite obvious as well. And so you look at the way things have unfolded for the Red Wings. When they first started talking to Patrick Kane and the DeBrinket, Larkin, and Lucas Raymond line was one of the best in the league, I think they were pretty hesitant to sort of sign off on the idea that they might be willing to break up that trio just so Patrick Kane would be incentivized to come to Detroit. Lo and behold, six, seven days ago, they go through a bit of a tough stretch. Obviously, Larkin was a little bit banged up as well. DeBrinket finds himself on the second line, and no offense to Michael Rasmussen, but when you all of a sudden have that ability to put Kane and DeBrinket together and solidify your top six, I think that also really helped as well. It opened the door. Red Wings were that fun team, like the the sexy team to cheer for, saying them, or maybe the Buffalo Sabres or the Ottawa Senators would make a jump, and they're currently in a playoff position, so they're proving a, a couple people right so far. I wonder what Daniel Sprong is going to get in return for number 88. A nice Rolex, maybe a, some of his uh, beautiful house, maybe gets to stay in like the basement level. What do you think is coming over there? I thought, you know, we were just talking about some situations that were handled poorly. Daniel Sprong, chef's kiss, buddy. <laughs> he did a good job. <laughs> when you, you come out publicly and say, no, no, you can have it. I don't even want anything. <laughs> you don't need to hold Patrick Kane, 125 million, millionaire, um, you know, uh, up for ransom here. He, did, he doesn't need to stroke a check. Now, if you're Patrick Kane, 
you feel like you, you should go out and go extra for this guy because he, he did it in such a nice and classy way. Just here, take it. It's just a number. I've worn a lot of different numbers in the league. You can have this one. Um, there's only a few number 88s that stand out all time. Eric Lindros, Andre Vasilevsky, to name a few. Patrick Kane is right at the top of that list. And I made the joke that Kane signed for what will ultimately end up being about $2.05 million when it's all said and done with the prorated money. And maybe he takes some of that 50 grand and slides it uh, Sprong's way in the form of Rolex. Uh, that that would be pretty good. I wonder if there, there's like someone advising on these moves uh, when there's a number available, whether it's to play it cool or to be uh, aggressive up front. But maybe uh, Patrick Kane with that career earnings, it doesn't really matter. Daniel Sprong probably will be handed something, whether it's a Rolex or otherwise. Uh, okay, so Leafland, uh, an interesting one, again, with the Florida Panthers tonight. Uh, and interesting because the Maple Leafs have made some lineup switches here. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, who have played a lot together, pretty much the entire year together will be split. Uh, do you have an explanation for the struggles between these two? I mean, uh, usually they get the benefit of the doubt, right? It's like, oh, there must be an injury. It must have been Austin Matthews was injured all of last year. That's why he had the down season. I, I haven't heard any of that. I've just seen some pretty average play from two players clocking in at uh, over $11 million or pretty close to $11 million a piece. Uh, what do you make of the decision to split these two? And do you have an explanation for their struggles? Yeah, two players clocking a quarter of your team's total cap hit. Um, I, I don't have an explanation, and I will tell you that I was really surprised watching the Leafs pretty closely in Sweden to see how much of a a non-factor at times um, number 34 was. I, I I think it's it's the same but different for Marner. Um, and, and I think when you look at this season and how it's unfolded, the fact that, as you mentioned, they've been together and they haven't produced the results that you would think I was the guy coming into this season saying, you know, that's kind of one of the unwritten untalked about things from last year is how little those two guys played together and how much I thought that was a contributing factor beyond the health to Austin Matthews, putting up a relatively pedestrian 40 goals. Um, my guess is if us in the media are going to continue to talk about the regular season, meaning nothing for the mm -hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs, that at some point that seeps in, it's not a media thing, but at some point it's got to seep into the minds of players as well with their approach, not to say here's a hall pass, but if the regular season doesn't mean anything, then it actually must not mean something because these Leafs know that they'll only be judged in the playoffs. Leafs are hosting the other half of that 167 penalty minute matchup last night between the two Kachucks, a uh, little old school hockey. What do you think that group chat, the Kachuk group chat was saying last night? I saw Grandma Kachuk. She looked a little bit <laughs> sad that her uh, grandsons were throwing. Sad, mad. Yeah, mad. mad been a little bit more mad, but that was a pretty fun one last night. It was unreal. <laughs> I love to see the way everything sort of boiled over and the chit chat between brothers, obviously Brady and Matthew, extremely close. Me and my brother, not so much, so I could sort of uh, understand <laughs> and enjoy part of that as well because we had a million battles like that. But um, And I'm sure any sibling rivalry, you get it. Um, but in this case, the other part of that that was maybe not most surprising, but to watch it unfold is it kind of felt like as the Sens were losing control, that it also felt like they might have been losing control on their season as well. Mm -hmm. Time certainly of the essence for the team 
that's carrying up the rear of the Atlantic. Yeah, I was going to go to that next. DJ Smith taking uh, a lot of the blame, saying that it was on him to get the team to start ready, and they weren't. Uh, is the seat getting a little hotter on DJ Smith at this point? It is not. Hmm. I can tell you that the Ottawa Senators woke up today not contemplating any coaching changes. Stability has been the name of the game. Uh, they felt like with all the chaos that has surrounded this season to this point, their GM being fired, Shane Pinto suspension, a forfeiture of a first-round pick, a new owner taking control of the team in late September, just as everything's getting rolling, that this is not part of their playbook. DJ Smith has had a 300-plus game run. Um, they feel like they, instead of adding to the chaos and bringing in new voices and faces, that they need more uh, from this player group as opposed to changing the coach. I would argue perhaps that the longer it drags on, the more people talk about it, the more you ask questions like this as fans rightfully want to know answers to that it only adds to the volume instead of subtracts from it. But they seem pretty intent on trying to find a solution with DJ Smith. Yeah, DJ Smith certainly gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it has not, it, it seems like there's been expectations for a couple years now and it just seems like the same story gets written every single time. And yet DJ Smith uh, continues to get the backing of both the players and the organization. Quietly over the weekend, Frank, it was a big weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. They outscored the competition 13-2, to getting four points. They got Vegas tonight on Sportsnet. A win over Vegas, Frank. Are the Oilers back if they beat Vegas tonight? I think they're back. Connor McDavid, mm -hmm. nine points in two games. Uh, their power play humming along after a Leon Dreisaitl text message to the first unit to try and figure it out. And not only that, but they mauled a Washington Capitals penalty kill that had been on a 96% run. So I really like sort of the underlying metrics and feel that we're seeing from this Euler team. Yes, um, I don't think anyone would confuse the Caps and the Anaheim Ducks as world beaters, but nonetheless, this is a good measuring stick game against the Vegas Golden Knights, a team who... Prior to last year in the playoffs, the Oilers had Vegas's number in the regular season. This Vegas team doesn't give up a lot. They've struggled to score in the last handful of games, but they are certainly the class of the Western Conference. And if the Oilers are going to make up the ground necessary to get into this playoff race, which you look at the mushy middle of the Western Conference, I certainly feel like they're in that great spot to do so that this would be this would go a long way toward making that declaration that they are indeed back. Last one for you, Frank. Um, I assume we're going to see you in a few months here in Toronto for the NHL All-Star Weekend. The return of the player draft, I'm so stoked for it. I think it's such great fun. Um, are you excited to see this one come back uh, from a couple years of being a non-existent in NHL world? Yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of new wrinkles they add to it because <laughs> – like the last couple, I'm going to go thumbs mm. down. Uh, I would say that it was good, but not great. And then you find yourself in an odd spot as a fan, not that anyone really goes to all-star games to cheer, but like, which, which team am I into? Who do I like here? How do I support this group? Uh, that's part of it as well. I just want to see everyone embrace it and have fun. I think part of the big reason why the player draft didn't continue on is no one liked the idea of someone being singled out or picked last. And if everyone can kind of get past that and find a new way to freshen this up and even make it a little bit spicy, I think we'd all be down for that. Hey, sometimes being picked last is best. Ask Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant.
I mean, look, you're an NHL okay. all-star. There's 36 or 40 of them in a 750-player league. I think you're doing all right as it is. Uh, it'll be fun nonetheless a couple months away. Frank, we appreciate you coming on, helping us break down today's news with Kyle Davidson and the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll chat with you next week. Have a good night, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, that is Frank Saravelli of DailyFaceoff.com. And one tidbit about the NHL All-Star coming up to Toronto, which we know, PWHL, my gals are going to be involved. There's going to be a three-on-three game in, in, involved in that weekend. And additionally, they announced today the very first PWHL game ever will be January 1st, New Year's Day, here in Toronto at the Mountain Me Athletic Center, Toronto versus New York, 12.30 p.m. puck drop. So Your number hangs from the rafters there, doesn't it? Oh, one can only dream. Not after my charity basketball appearance on the weekend. That is true. They took it down <laughs> after that. Down. After you got bodied by Alex uh, Wong. Yes. They're in the second quarter, third quarter. Not yeah. sure when it happened. Many quarters. Speaking of embracing ideas, we just talked about, you know, let's just embrace the all-star format. like, And let's just do it the right way. Let's do it so the fans uh, enjoy it. Let's just swallow our own pride and deal with mm-hmm. being the last pick if it comes to that. Well, the NBA's experiment concludes at least in round robin play tonight with the in-season tournament of course we'll wrap this up on sports the toronto raptors are out but they still have a meaningful game ish Mm. against the brooklyn nets in brooklyn and in the nightcap on sportsnet and sportsnet one golden state will try to spoil it for the sacramento kings Uh, it's we could we we need more than a half hour to talk (laughs) to like actually figure out how this is all going to play out because i'm counting way more teams that are still alive than ones that are officially out but it is kind of simple in a lot of ways. The Pacers already advanced. Lakers mm-hmm. already advanced. There's four other groups. Basically, they are all just decided by a win tonight. If Milwaukee wins, they win a group. If Houston wins, they win a group. If mm-hmm. Sacramento, as I mentioned, wins, they win a group. And Orlando doesn't play tonight, but they're in a really good position to win the group as is. So we just kind of have to go to the most important games. And the most important games involve Houston and Sacramento and Milwaukee. If they win, they're in the wild cards. They'll settle themselves out. But it is a weird situation where there's a ton of games going on. Most of the teams involved in the tournament are playing. They're all involved in the tournament in a different way. But there are so many weird machinations. And I wonder if it does confuse enough markets where they kind of just tune out. Mm. Like, do... The Charlotte Hornets, who have the longest odds imaginable, I would surmise, do they care about, you know, the four different results that need to happen for them to advance? Probably not. But I do think Houston tonight and the Dallas Mavericks, Houston just has to win to upseat the, or to usurp rather, the New Orleans Pelicans for the top spot in the group to advance. Like, that's a fun game. The Rockets just have to win in Dallas to uh, win the group and take it away from the New Orleans Pelicans. And I wonder with the Dallas Mavericks, who are not really a factor in all this, are they going to have a really good effort tonight? Are they going to be involved and want to beat Houston? Mm-hmm. Does Houston have a nice incentive to make sure that they go on and they have a chance to play for the $500,000 each? Like, I do think there are interesting games. You just have to kind of sort through it all and figure out what's important. And if you do that, I, I think it's going to actually be a really fun night. I assume that leads into something you'll be selecting for our betting segment. Time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Uh, maybe one of those basketball games that's a must-win for somebody? Yeah, I was kind of leading myself uh, to uh, the, my point, and that's the Houston Rockets. Like, I really, really do okay. think that they're going to be in a position where the incentive outweighs maybe the disadvantage they have in a game in Dallas. I don't think Dallas is going to look at this game like it really matters in Houston 
who has a bunch of young players plus Fred Van Fleet. And I know Fred understands the value of money. So Freddie's going to be That's working right. hard. A bunch of guys who haven't made a much money, I think they're going to want to advance and make that guaranteed dollar. Rockets plus 145 to win okay. Group B tonight with a win. I love them tonight. All right. Um, I'm going for a little parlay of winners. Leafs and Raptors. Let's just go with the homers parlay. Raps to win, Leafs to win. That's plus 243 on Bet Rivers. Uh, Leafs getting a team that's on the back-to-back that's tired from punching and having 167 penalty minutes in one night. Maybe they let their foot off the gas. And then I was just in Brooklyn to watch the Brooklyn Nets about a week and a half ago. That team was kind of sleepy. Court was beautiful, though. So, I mean, I'm oh, like, Brooklyn, go Raptors, go. Brooklyn's got a chance. The Raptors, of course, are out. But and Raptors uh, can play spoiler. Yeah, they can play spoiler. And they I can like definitely that. play spoiler. So the I homers like parlay uh, would be a good one. Plus okay. two, 243, you said? Love that. Yeah, yep, 243. Uh, that was Between the Lions, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. When we come back, we'll be doing our Leafs pregame show, joined by Luke Fox from Scotiabank Arena as the Leafs take on the Florida Panthers. That's all next on the fan pregame.